0: but I can't forget one sentence that he uttered in the course of those lectures. He said, do not neglect the revival dimension in your ministry. Hello and welcome. My name is Richard Lane and I'm back with a new year of Riding on the Clouds, and beginning this year, 2022, with the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. And so I commence with Acts chapter 1, verse 1. The ESV In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach, until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the Apostles, whom he had chosen. To them, he presented himself alive after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. I'm looking at the Book of Acts and going to be uh, sharing uh, some reflections on this book, uh, picking up from uh, various commentaries uh, in our uh, devotionals uh, at St Stephen's Bellevue Hill. I've uh, through the YouTube. Recordings. I looked at the book of Second Timothy with the writer and author, uh, the late John Stott. Well, John Stott kicks us off uh, in this uh, study on the book of Acts, and uh, this first study is fairly uh, short and introductory, and really gets not very f- uh, far past uh, the very title of the book. I mentioned in a recent uh, study of uh, commentaries, the uh, commentator Darrell Bock. And uh, he's written on the book of Luke, and he also has a substantial commentary on the book of Acts. And as I was reading his introduction uh, to uh, this book, I noticed that there is a bit of an issue related to, well, what do you actually call the book? The ESV has the Acts of the Apostles. But as Darrell Bock notes, this ignores the role of God as the main player. And uh, he then referenced uh, John Stott's book. So I pulled that out, and here's what John Stott had to say. The traditional title since the second century has been the Acts of the Apostles. Uh, With or without the, the definite article. Some people just say the Acts of Apostles. Well, it's worth notice- noting that in the uh, book of Acts uh, that the word apostle only occur- occurs a few times. Uh, uh, so, uh, John's Stock goes on, certainly it is the apostles who occupy the center of Luke's stage, first Peter and John, chapters 1 to 8, then Peter on his own, chapters 10 to 12. James then is the head of the Jerusalem council in chapter 15, and from there on, it really is over to the Apostle Paul, chapters 9 and chapters 13 to 28. Uh, I just make a comment that when I think of the book of Acts, I largely think of chapters 1 to 12, the Apostle Peter, chapters 13 to 28, the Apostle Paul. But John Stott here notes, This title, the Acts of the Apostles, is too man-centred. It omits the divine power which the Apostles spoke and uh, by which the apostles spoke and acted. And that's what uh, uh, Daryl Bock is p- picking up. Well, so uh, John Stock goes, others have proposed the title, the Acts of the Holy Spirit, uh, such as one Johann Albrecht Bengel in the 18th century. He wrote that Luke's second volume describes not so much the Acts of the Apostles as the Acts of the Holy Spirit, even as the former treatise contains the acts of Jesus Christ. And apparently this is something that was then popularised by Arthur Pearson, whose commentary in 1895 was published with this title, The Acts of the Holy Spirit. And uh, he then quotes from Arthur Pearson, This book we may perhaps venture to call The Acts of the Holy Spirit, for from first to last, it is the record of his advent and activity. Here he is, seen, coming and working. Uh, and then uh, stop, Then uh, closes with a stirring challenge of Pearson as he ends his book. Church of Christ, the r- records of these acts of the Holy Ghost have never reached completeness. This is the one book which has no proper close because it waits for new chapters to be added so fast and so far as the people of God shall reinstate the Blessed Spirit in his holy seat of control. Well, John Stott then goes on to comment upon this. Uh, this is a healthy corrective. Yes, throughout Luke's narrative, there are references to the promised gift, outpouring baptism, fullness, power, witness, and guidance of the Holy Spirit, and it would be impossible to explain the progress of the gospel apart from the work of the Spirit, and so you can see why you might call it the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Nevertheless, says, Stott, if the title, the Acts of the Apostles, overemphasizes the human element, the Acts of the Holy Spirit overemphasizes the divine, since it overlooks the apostles as the chief characters through whom the Spirit worked. And it's also inconsistent with this opening verse uh, that Luke has here, which implies that the acts and words he reports are those of the ascended Christ working through the Holy Spirit, who, as Luke knows, is the Spirit of Jesus. And here he is referring to Acts chapter 16, verse 7, the Spirit of Jesus. And so John Stott comes up with this solution. The most accurate, though cumbersome, title then, which does justice to Luke's own statement in verses 1 and 2, would be something like, wait for it, here it is, the continuing words and deeds of Jesus by his spirit through his apostles. Well, there it is. Even as you come to the very opening of the book, uh, there's a debate about the title, but we just generally refer to it as the axe, or, or even just Acts. Uh, Darrell Bock has a similar uh, discussion, and it was as I read his, I'm, I'm used to hearing the Acts of the Holy Spirit. I have heard that spoken about before. Um, and uh, he comes up with this uh, title himself, which seems equally cumbersome. The Acts of the Sovereign God through the Lord Messiah Jesus by his Spirit on behalf of the way. Uh, certainly that may well capture it, but you can understand that there'd be a big mouthful to refer to every time we wanted to refer to uh, the book. And so we just call it the Book of Acts. Uh, But it does all uh, raise the question of what this book is about, uh, what it refers to, and in particular that it is the second volume. We uh, really link it in with Luke-Acts. And so this leads me to... uh, Uh, turn to a little popular commentary by Tom Wright. Uh, Bishop Tom Wright has written this series of uh, commentaries in this one called Acts for Everyone, Part 1. And he picks up on this whole idea of uh, the title and it being a sequel. And I'm going to uh, close this opening reflection on uh, this opening verse I'll remind you of that verse in the first book, O Theophilus. I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up. And uh, Tom Wright has this to say. The English playwright Alan Bennett wrote a famous play about the equally famous madness of a well-known king. In the 18th and 19th centuries, England had four kings in succession, all called George. And the third of them, George Third in other words, suffered for a fair amount of his reign from some kind of mental illness, probably porphyria. Not sure if I've got the pronunciation there, right? Porphyria. So Bennett called his play The Madness of George III. Right goes on, but when they came to make a movie of the play, the movie makers faced a problem. Movie Moviegoers were used to sequels. Spider-Man 2, Superman 3, and so on. A title like that meant that there had been an earlier film of the same name. So they were worried that if people saw a title like The Madness of George III, they would assume they had missed the first two films in the sequence, and perhaps they wouldn't go to see what they took to be the third. So the filmmakers just called the movie The Madness of King George. The opening paragraph of the book we are now going to read, that is... uh, the book of Acts, uh, speaking about his commentary here, uh, declares, says Tom Wright, clearly and solidly that unlike Bennett's play and film, it is indeed a sequel. There has been a previous book and this one continues the story. In fact, it even suggests a kind of title, The Deeds and Teaching of King Jesus the S- uh, King Jesus, II. Uh, I was tempted to say Jesus the second uh, and here tom right here corrects not jesus the second of course because there is only one king jesus but the second book about what the one and only jesus did and taught well i can see why we don't call it the deeds and teaching of king jesus one one uh, you fall into that trap be disaster anyway uh, tom wright goes on at first sight this is a strange title since Jesus himself only appears on stage, as it were, during the first nine verses of this first chapter. But Luke, whose first volume we know is the Gospel which bears his name, is telling us with his opening sentence one of the most important things about the whole book which is now beginning. It is all about what Jesus is continuing to do and to teach. The mysterious presence of Jesus haunts the whole story. He is announced as King and Lord, not as an increasingly distant memory, but as a living and powerful reality. A person who can be known and loved, obeyed and followed. A person who continues to act within the real world. That, Luke is telling us, is what this book is about, going to be all about. We call it the Acts of the Apostles. But in truth, we should really think of it as the Acts of Jesus, part two. Well, there it is an introduction to the Book of Acts, as I'll call it.